0: Welcome back to the Relax Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. Now, we have a short, sharp little conversation with a good friend of mine by the name of Jessica Stenson. Uh, she's a marathon runner here in Australia. She's an Olympian. She, she's a Commonwealth Games medalist. You know her. It's the third time... On the show she was uh she was good enough to catch up in the evening before she started cooking her salmon (laughs) so we kept it short and sweet about 40 minutes in total but it was a really good opportunity to chat with her because Jess if you're unaware about two years ago I think exactly two years ago gave birth to her first child little Billy and uh, she's made an amazing return to the sport of distance running she's always been super consistent over the marathon but I was really interested just to watch her progress back into the sport since having the little guy. And and, and what was super exciting for her, but also for me as a mate of hers, was to watch her just a couple of weeks ago break her marathon PB, which was was quite incredible over in Western Australia. So I wanted to get her on, pick her brains, talk about that, talk about life, see how she's going, find out about what the plans for the future are. And uh, as always, absolute pleasure having her on. So if you enjoyed it, make sure you shoot her a little bit of love over on instagram and uh hey if you really enjoy it leave a nice little rating leave leave a nice little review anyway hope you're doing well and uh enjoy this one with myself and marathon star jess yeah what's going on
1: not a whole lot i've um just got a program from adam this week so i'm three weeks post marathon and sort of getting into more of a training routine again. So that's exciting. The squad's um, really fired up at the moment. We've had a few, um, you know, team tempo successes recently with um, Caitlin and Isaac taking the win down in Burnie a couple of weeks ago. And then a big group went to the Noosa Bowl, um, yeah, a week or so ago. And, um, yeah, they loved it there. So it's a good vibe.
0: Man, Adam called me. When did when did Isaac and Caitlin win? It was Bernie they won, wasn't it?
1: The 24th of October, yeah.
0: Because he called me and he said, "Um, did you see the results? And I was like, oh, I saw like a couple of photos. But I literally had just scanned past photos and like I saw, I didn't stop and read results or whatever. I think I just saw a photo of Isaac and Caitlin looking fit. And I thought, hey, cool. And he goes, mate, <laughs> like he was he was pumped. He couldn't believe it. He's like, yeah, yeah. Because uh, what, Isaac, I, I knew he had been running well. But I had, I, I just, he's sort of, has he just, even the last couple of months just shot to a whole new level because some of the, yeah. some of the names that he knocked off, I was like, holy crap, like who beats Ryan Gregson, and, and it was, is it Josh Bruce? I've had him on Jack. the podcast, Jack, yeah. Jack. I just, got, I had a yeah, mental yeah. blank for a minute. Like they're, they're two super high yeah, quality yeah. athletes.
1: Now Isaac's always got it within him. Um, he, like he, he trains so well and he's, um, very determined. Um, so yeah, if he. He gets it all right on the day. He's um hard, hard man to beat. (laughs)
0: Man, I've been up. You're gonna, you're gonna have to put a a nice word into his ear because I keep sneaking into his Instagram DMs and go, mate, come on the podcast. And uh, we just haven't been able to line up a time yet. But I'm, I'm more excited to talk to him about his um. I don't know if he's told you about his comedy career, but Adam reckons he did a five minute set at like a university. And I'm more interested in his comedy career than he's running. I think.
1: Oh, Adam's always got a dad joke for Isaac, and nah, he's good. His um, execution is great. Um, we had a long run a few weeks ago, and he was just on fire.
0: Oh, with the jokes?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's very quick.
0: <laughs> yes, beautiful. And what about Caitlin? How old is she?
1: 23 or so.
0: Oh, my gosh. So you guys have just got some hot new talent coming through. Yeah, it's so crazy. I remember like every time we talk, I'm I'm already aware of the fact that like Tempo runs a, a good group. But then now with the likes of, of Matty Clark as well, he's um he was on the podcast last year, I think it was. And uh, it, like it, it's crazy for him even to have just jumped the gun and like being an Olympian now. I was like, I, I, remember, <laughs> I mentioned to him on a run 12 months ago or, or just before he moved to Adelaide, maybe a couple of years ago now. I was, uh, I was like, yeah, dude, uh, all goes well. You know, you might be, you might be a sniff at the Olympic Games, and I was sort of in my head. I was, I was like, oh, maybe I'm just being a little bit generous, and then <laughs> he made me eat my words real quick because I, I started watching his progress, and then like a couple of calls from Adam, I thought, hang on a second, like this is, this is a legitimate, uh, this is a legitimate opportunity because he, he started busting out just some crazy steeple times in the lead up to it, didn't he?
1: Yeah, you should definitely get Clarky on again. His story's um, incredible. And just the way, yeah, he, he knocked out those quick times and was just a fraction, you know, of a second away from that qualifying time. And he just kept on backing up and he had Max Stevens there helping him with the pace and... You know, some of the um, conditions he was running those times in were, you know, not optimal. Um, There was this one Sunday morning out at the um, Athletic Stadium here in Adelaide where he just went out to, you know, have another crack. And we were all out there after our long run cheering for him. And, you know, we missed it again. And just the emotion after that, you know, that he and Max both showed. um, Yeah, it was really cool to see him get on that plane to Tokyo
0: <laughs> what the heck so just like a Sunday afternoon he decided to to stage a stage a crack at Santos
1: it had always been sort of penciled into the calendar this um Sunday morning comp um as a backup option and he'd been in Queensland and he literally got back and it was a few days after an attempt they're just like no nah, let's roll around and have another go <laughs> and, um, yeah he, he got a number of performances on the board within like a three week
0: Period. Oh my God! Yeah, that's right. I remember he was flying all over the countryside. That's uh that's so well. I'm gonna I'm gonna message him. I might even message him tonight when I hang up from you. let's sure. go, mate. Let's do round two because I had a chat with him last year. And he's it was just an easy conversation to have. I, you know those ones. That's like I think you're the record holder now for like appearances on the podcast. But that's what <laughs> I like having about you. Like having you on here for because it's just a it's it's such an easy conversation. It's just like a, an excuse to catch up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, and
1: with Clarky too, yeah. he um. He was incredible, what, three weeks ago in the Perth Marathon. So he flew over on the Saturday morning with Adam and paced me to 32 kilometres and he was just like clockwork and just a really calming person to have around. So, you know, it was a pretty um, laid-back pre-race routine. (laughs) We sort of arrived at the Marathon Club and they had a little curtained-off area for um, some of the athletes who were, you know, um, in what they sort of called their elite field. And um, yeah, he's just like you know, can you please chuck me some anti-friction balm? I forgot mine, and he has <laughs> nasty chafing. What after a long run and from the quads? He, he just I don't know. Having him around just for a bit of a laugh before the race, you know, a few minutes before the, the gun fired, we we walked up to the line, and he's just like, get after it, and <laughs> and then even you know after the first kilometer he looked at the split and he's like oh, we're a bit quick and i was like oh it's it's all right we'll we'll settle into a pace and then he just found his rhythm and it was great just tucking in behind him so you know for him to do that off you know a few long runs like he hadn't been doing any ma- marathon specific training he's a very talented athlete
0: <laughs> yeah so what what pace were you guys trying to hit what was the what was the sort of goal going into it cuz We'll get into the fact that, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was a marathon PB for you, wasn't it? Like I I messaged you the other day saying who runs a marathon PB after a kid, but I'm pretty – yeah, (laughs) it was, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, so my last marathon had been in – it was the Toronto Waterfront Marathon, so in Canada, in October of 2018. So this was three years to the day um, almost. It was like three days out or something, and, um, yeah, basically – Adam, we hadn't really talked about paces. I did this three by 5k session, I think, on the Tuesday. So, I don't know, like 11 days prior to the race. Um, and Adam had sort of said, just run these, you know, somewhere between 320 and 25. And we ticked that session off. And I hadn't really yeah, got Adam's thoughts on what what pace I should aim for in Perth we were aware that the course was a bit um, you know uneven in parts because it was on a bike path and had a few complicated sections and a few bridges to run over Um, so I waited until he got in on the Saturday and just sort of said what what are you thinking pace wise and he said look I think if you can find a rhythm somewhere between 325 to 330 I'm happy for it to be closer to sort of 330 for the first 15 kilometers when you hit that 15K mark, um, you'll know whether, you know, you're comfortable to, to shave a few seconds off, you know, from that point onwards. Um, and he said, because you've had a bit of a different lead up. I had an injury um, a couple of months before the race, which meant that I did a fair bit of cross training um, in the lead up to this one. And so we weren't quite sure whether my conditioning would would be there in those final sort of five to to eight kilometres. Yeah. Uh, so it was really just a bit of wait and see. So that's why Adam didn't want me to go too crazy at the start. But um, I think the average would have ended up being 326 and a half, between, somewhere between 326 and 327. So we ended up sort of landing right between that 325 to 330 mark.
0: No, what's, what's 330 pace? Is that is that like, is that sub 230? You know? Um.
1: So I know my my first marathon where I ran, um, two thirty two essentially. That was about three thirty three, three thirty four average. I think oh, three thirty yeah. would get you. Oh, my math isn't great. <laughs> um, put you on the spot there. Twenty eight average is maybe a
0: two twenty eight or two twenty nine.
1: Oh. Yeah, I'm going to say something that I'm embarrassed about later when I realise <laughs> how off I am. So um, maybe ask uh, Clarky these questions because he is good at maths on the spot. Oh, is he? See, I <laughs> used to, to be. I used to, to be.
0: Going. I used to be good at the conversions. When I, have you ever seen those charts? It's like, all right, if you want to, run, if you want to run three hours for your marathon, then the 10k pace is this. Your 5k pace is this. And I used yeah. to, I used to look at it so much that, like, as a nerdy, like, 13 year old. <laughs> distance runner that was how I got my kicks so I was like oh my gosh like that's what you have to do to run 30 <laughs> 32 minutes for 10k but um yeah awesome so you know you're yeah. five time and you're
1: half marathon 10k marathon predicted time and if you're not hitting those, you just sort of think oh what am I getting wrong <laughs> yeah do
0: you do you have your splits going during the race or are you just relying solely on Clarkie to to do his job
1: yeah I wasn't looking at my <clears> watch until after the 32k um point when he um, dropped out, I just did a few checks to, to check that I wasn't dropping <laughs> dropping pace. So I actually, um, you, you went over a big bridge and then sort of came down the hill and then I could see the big clock for the halfway mark ahead. And I thought, oh, do I want to see the halfway split or not? And I decided not to look at it because I figured if I was you know, going well and it was a good split, I might panic and think I'd gone out too hard. And if it was too slow, I'd panic and, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to achieve what I was hoping to achieve. So I thought there's nothing good to come from looking at the halfway split. I'm just going to hide my eyes and keep running.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a smart move. I, I It's weird how your head plays. I remember, I remember when I used to run 1,500, like my PB was, was 349 and there was always someone at the 400-meter split yelling at your times and I remember I used to get nervous if I heard like a if I heard a 59 and uh I always used to wish that I could zone it out but the harder I the harder I tried tried to zone it out the louder it became <laughs> so it was it was always like a bit of a battle I know that I know that wrestle that you were having and um like was your was your head sp- like it's interesting to me because I, I saw you ran 72 minutes for a half that's going back a little while now like I think that was your was that your very first race back since having Billy so-
1: I ran a half marathon at the Adelaide Running That's Festival in August of 2020 yeah. and that was a 72 mid and I was actually pretty happy with that one because it was a pretty um, a bit of a last minute decision to race that one and and, and the course was a bit um, complex but then I ran a similar time in December at the um, what was that the Launceston. run oh, was festival. that a half so that had in been Launceston. postponed. Yeah, and, and that um I was really hoping to to run a like a much quicker time, you know, I was hoping to get closer to the seventy mark. And um, you know, there was a, was a good field. I had um Andrea Sekafine there to chase, um, the Canadian athlete and um I didn't look at my that race but it just felt like we were on. And then I saw the time at the finish and I was quite disappointed, but I'd been weaning off um, nursing Billy in that sort of week uh, week or two, yeah. and that was my first night away from him. And I was pretty uncomfortable that next morning. I, I thought it would be a, a smoother process, but without feeding him for the day of travel and then, you know, I had the race, oh. I um, yeah, I was in a bit of, bit uh, of trouble. Well, saw saw <laughs> boob central. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I at least, um, you know, could reflect on the result and see a uh. few things. Didn't quite work out. <laughs> yeah, I've
0: had enough conversations with Jesse to know that that's painful. <laughs> See, I always think I'm in trouble after a chest workout yeah. at the gym, and I anticipate what you guys are going through would be worse than that. <laughs> oh uh. my gosh! Yeah, no, it's awesome because I was looking at your um at your Instagram like a couple of days before you even went over, and it was it was a little bit up in the air as to whether or not you'd even be able to go, wasn't it? Because what's the I know I know Perth at the moment um like they're pretty actually is there any exemptions anymore like I I knew there was a couple of couple of exemptions or a couple of athletes that might be able to go through but from what I heard I just thought it was a a no-go zone so when I saw that you were hopeful to go through I was like oh gee I'm I didn't even know you were running and then I was like crap I'm hopeful now too like please (laughs) please let her in
1: well South Australians have been able to travel to Perth for for a while now and um obviously the afl grand final was there and oh, of course yeah, of yeah. what am i talking about over for that um but we weren't quite sure what would happen um after the grand final whether there'd be maybe a little um a surge in cases or so at about that time i was you know locked in my flights were booked and um i was ready to head over but yeah i was just on edge um right up until the day i, I flew out because I knew that if there was any hint of COVID in SA, the borders would probably oh, be yeah. snapped shut. And um, that's what had happened with the Gold Coast Marathon back in July. Um, the borders were basically, uh, what happened? The borders were shut and then the race was postponed so there was a moment Mm -hmm. there where South Australians couldn't race but then the entire race was was cancelled so you know it had happened before and I was just really hoping I'd be able to get to Perth to race so when I actually stepped up to the start line I was just so pumped to be there
0: yeah were you were you planning to race Gold Coast
1: yes so I'd been planning to race the Sydney marathon um that was put on in Um, early May and um, got that injury two weeks beforehand. So my aim was to sort of get back and and race Gold Coast off a bit of a modified prep because I'd been coming back from the injury. I'd been cross training a lot. And so when I got injured before um, Perth, I sort of adopted a similar training program to what I'd done in the lead up to Gold Coast
0: yeah okay oh that worked out well in the end that's uh it's sort of it's funny hindsight like I look back now on your behalf like hey, I'm glad that worked out the way it did was that were you like yeah. how did you, How? what was your headspace going in did you know you're in that kind of form I guess you I guess as you said it was a little bit um just up in the air as to how fast you'd go but like from from a spectator point of view and a, a fan point of view I was I was so impressed when I saw your finish mm-hmm. time I was like Holy crap because I've got this theory that you just can't you just can't run a bad marathon that's my that's my theory but but I feel like you even surpassed my expectations of um of what you would have run for a marathon obviously I haven't spoken to you for a while I didn't know what kind of form you were in but 2 yeah. 225 it just uh, like I want you to have another kid because I reckon you could get I reckon you could get low 224s <laughs> uh, yeah I wasn't
1: really sure I, I felt like I was in PB um, shape earlier this year and then had that first injury the femoral bone stress injury and then um i sort of had a couple of cross-country races which which only one cross-country race it was an 8k and i was happy with that result but then other than that i didn't have a lot of races to go by other than the odd park run and um it was really just my sessions in those final few weeks that gave me confidence i was able to Sort of run a bit faster than i had in prior marathon build-ups and um felt quite efficient at you know that marathon pace but i just yeah yeah, really wasn't sure how i'd feel after the 35k mark that was the (laughs) made me nervous so i I tried not to think too much about it going into the race i just thought i'll I'll deal with that um when i get there just be very open-minded and try and stay relaxed and it was a great um, atmosphere out there. Obviously, a lot of people were just excited to be racing again. And, yeah. you know, there weren't too many in the field. It wasn't too crowded. But everyone yeah. who was there, um, yeah, was was very excited to be yeah. there. And um, it was great to hang around in the finishing area afterwards. And, you know, having come from a state where everyone wears face masks everywhere, <laughs> it seemed quite relaxed in WA. It was... Yeah, pretty foreign. Are <laughs>
0: well, you guys, you guys rocking the face masks in uh in Adelaide as well, eh? I thought that was just a, a Victoria Sydney thing. I thought you guys had dodged that one.
1: No, no, we've been um, face masking for <laughs> I don't know how long now? Yeah. Enough to know that it just yeah feels. It was part of the routine and <laughs> yeah. the bar walking into
0: a supermarket without one Intros. yeah it's so funny i've seen so many it's funny like i've found it really interesting just how quickly it can become, become a part of like a fashion statement i've seen so many uh, like football team ones now i'm like oh my gosh like there's there's so many opportunities to make money when i um when it when all this first started happening we we're living in the city and the bloke upstairs came down and he uh he knocked on my door we we're in like an apartment block and he's like, mate, my wife's putting together some face masks. If you want one, they're ten bucks. And I was like, oh, what a business opportunity. I was Christ. like, mate, you can you can piss right off. I'm gonna have this little blue one that I found in my wife's handbag. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> but since then, yeah, there's uh there's been a few fashion statements. Is um wait, is is the is the Perth Marathon? I can't remember what it it's not Swan River, it's around, is it? Like there's a massive big body of water that it goes around, isn't it? I I, I think. I'm yeah. thinking of the the right because I, I lived in Perth. Uh, I don't know if you and knew it that. Starts,
1: um, so the West Australian Marathon Clubs near the um, the casino. Yes, I don't know if you know that. Yeah, sort of yeah. Area. I won my yeah. first
0: my very first state title there. Oh, that's why I was asking because I was like, I'm pretty yeah. sure they've got like that. I don't know. I think they've done it up. But they used to have like this triangle looking casino back in the day, and I remember running around there. Yeah. And they also used to have a run called Bridges Fun Run. I don't know if it still goes. Yeah but it's like a 10k run. I'm not sure, but there are
1: bridges, so I can can imagine they would have a big run.
0: Um, Aptly named. Yeah,
1: basically you head head away from the ocean um, and you run over one bridge and and then you sort of spin around at about the 6k mark and then basically head um, towards what they call the narrows. That's another bridge and and um, you're sort of heading towards the ocean along the river, and then spin around at 25-ish kilometres, and, and head yeah. back to the just basically retrace your steps. So you're on the river the entire way, and um, yeah, it's very scenic.
0: Yeah. Not did any um did any guys beat you? Two twenty five. Like you'd be you'd be close to the overall victory with that in in Perth, wouldn't you?
1: The winner, Nick, um, actually ran two fifteen. Oh. <gasps> Nick yeah. who? Harmon? Nick Harmon,
0: yeah. I, I, I feel Woke. like I know that name. That's ridiculous Woke. time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he'd be worth having a chat to as well.
0: Yeah, what did you say? It's Nick Harmon.
1: Yeah, so he's he ran the course record.
0: That's insane. Yeah. Is that a PB for him?
1: Not quite. He was very oh. close. Um, yeah, he. I think he's PB... Might be 214:
0: Yeah Nick Harmon. I definitely know that name. yeah he'd be, he'd be good to have a chat to. That's good. so did he like was it, was it him the new or did he have a couple of pacemakers getting him around? That's um He didn't
1: actually have any pacemakers, which was remarkable, but then there were yeah, a couple of guys um, between us
0: Yeah, that's I funny. I, I, third,
1: oh, no, I think I got third third overall, so there was one other.
0: Yeah, okay i love those i love those random just um super fast times on a on, on a course like that so i'm from i'm from a place called tralgon here in victoria i don't know if you know it but trogon has I, I sorry for any tralgon listeners it's got the most boring marathon course in the history of marathon running it's like it's, it's just
1: awesome.
0: do you know tralgon
1: yeah, I know Trialgan, I didn't know there
0: was a Trialgan marathon. That's great. Yeah, there's a Trialgan marathon, and it's it's the most boring course. Very open. You just run through paddocks. Um, I was looking, how's this? Yes, I was I was looking through like the history books a couple of years ago. And I was like, I wonder because most people sort of like if you see someone run like a like a guy run a two twenty two or two twenty three. I'm like, holy crap! Like that's a huge run. And I was looking yeah. through, and um, it's either two ten or two twelve. It's held by Derek Clayton. Derek Clayton oh, went down windy. to the Trowgan Marathon one day and just Nothing just did an incredible. absolute blinder. Well,
1: that makes you think it's a quick course, then.
0: <laughs> Yeah, well, it is pretty flat. It's just the problem with Trowgan; it's so windy. So if you nail like yeah, a, okay. yeah if and you nail why why it, a still day,
1: Earth, like a... yeah, we were told it could be really windy in Perth, um, and because you're just running along the river, it's not very <laughs> sheltered. But we were very fortunate to get a pretty mild day, and we had. Bit of a headwind on the way out, which meant it was a tailwind on the way home. So, um, I think that definitely worked in our favour.
0: Oh, so okay, so you just go on an out and back course. When you said you were halfway around the course before, I was I was gonna I thought you might have meant it was a two lap course, but you literally literally just going out and back. That's a nice one. I love that feeling, especially yeah. if um if you're feeling like you still got a little bit in your legs to have a to have some nice strong wind behind you on the way home is a a good feeling.
1: Yeah. Billy's just come. Outside. Oh you got your
0: little mate. Hey little Billy boy.
1: In his bed, bedtime outfit.
0: He's not interested in it. I want bed one of those onesies. I don't
1: know if Charlie wears a little um or he would wear onesies to bed. They look so comfy.
0: <laughs> I got in trouble last week because uh so Jesse and I we alternate sleeping days and last week um last Thursday it was Jesse's sleeping my Jesse obviously for anyone who's confused right now um is uh So Thursday last week was her sleeping day. I was like, I'm going to surprise her and just drop little Charlie boy off to daycare. And um, I dropped him off and yeah. I, I didn't think about what he was supposed to wear. And apparently I dropped him off in his onesie, which is not appropriate fashion oh, yeah. statement. She's like, No, babe, you've got to make him look half <laughs> decent. I was like, No, I thought I thought they looked after all the minor details. Like, I just he had a clean nappy on. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Which is um, the lady, as I walked no. in, actually, she's like, Oh, Mum's still in bed today, is she? And I was like, Oh yeah, how'd you know? And she's like, Oh, it doesn't matter, we just pick up on these things. And I was sort of as I left, I was like, I wonder what she was going on about there. And then literally just tonight, Jesse said to me, babe, if if, uh, if tomorrow I'm not up, when you take him to daycare, can you make sure you don't send him in pajamas again? And all of a sudden, I was like, okay, it all makes sense. I understand what's just happened. Oh,
1: that's great.
0: <laughs> oh man, how, uh, how are how you managing? How's like you obviously manage your mum life with with your training and stuff really well. Have You and Dill got some nice little uh, some nice little systems in place. I think I asked you about this briefly last time we caught up, but I didn't know if yeah. uh, Dil's going hard at the moment or, or what the current situation is. Yeah.
1: So um. He's been fantastic this year, like in the lead up to me running a marathon, which <laughs> the um, this you know, that's just kept on shifting. It was initially Hamburg in early 2020 mm-hmm. and then it was Sydney <laughs> in early 2021 and then Gold Coast. So we've had to just keep shifting the goalposts. But he's been, um, yeah, really supporting me to get my training done because my training's quite time consuming, yeah. still, um, being a more of a speed and power athlete can knock out his sessions quite quite quickly. But he's really coming into his peak season now. So I was just thinking tonight um, when I was on the elliptical that we need to sit down and write out our weekly schedule again <laughs> and, and what training we both have and how we're going to to juggle the, um, looking after Billy because um, we've just moved house and so we don't have any childcare days at the moment, which just oh. makes it, a bit trickier so um fortunately my gym has a crash uh, but that doesn't yes. open until 9am so i can sort of pop billy in here and there um for my when i train but um yeah anyway we'll we'll come up with with a plan i i really like to just sort of put it out put it there on paper and, and have a look at it and just yeah we'll both put down our priority races and start yeah. planning ahead which we've been reluctant to do for, for two years you know it's it's been really nerve-wracking booking any flights knowing that you'll probably have to cancel them a few weeks later <laughs> yeah
0: yeah what, what is that situation there for you guys now because i know i've seen there's been like a couple of international flights that have, have, have sort of been back up in the air again now and I was, I was talking to a triathlete simon i don't know if you know simon hearn he's um he's like a an ironman athlete here in australia and he was yeah. saying to me, like he's living up in Queensland at the moment. He was saying he's pretty keen to get over to Spain early next year. Um, yeah. So is it, I thought I saw Brett Robbo. I, I actually, I, I was meant to Google this, but I, I thought I saw Brett Robbo on the start line of the New York marathon as well. Is that right? Did he I don't New
1: think
0: y- so. Nah, I must have made that up. I was I was looking at some footage today. And I'm
1: like, I'm sure that's
0: Robbo. So I thought there might uh, have been a couple of exemptions there's another,
1: or. There's another Robbo who trains with MTC. Might have been him. I don't think Brett is overseas at the moment. Um, but, yeah, basically we're about to open our borders to Victoria and New South Wales, I think, in later November. Yeah. And so it's a bit hard to know what's going to happen after that, whether we'll have any more lockdowns or I think, you know, if you get exposed or if you visit an exposure site, you'll have to sort of home quarantine for a couple of weeks. So we might just go through a few weeks of um yeah disarray again yeah <laughs> um where it will be hard to sort of plan ahead but hopefully in the new year things will have sorted themselves out a bit
0: oh come on are you um do you feel like you've you've copped it much over over in south australia like has it been a obviously like in terms of planning for races and stuff it's it's been difficult mm-hmm. but i'm always interested over here like it's a it's such a just a common or i feel like it's a central part of so many conversations and obviously People are affected. Some people are affected. Not at all. Some people are affected massively. So it's it's really yeah. interesting. But it's it's hard over here, I reckon, to escape a conversation without it just it just coming up. And I've been listening to a few podcasts yeah. from like I'm a Joe Rogan fan, and uh, every couple of days it seems to come up in his episodes as well. I'm like, oh my gosh, like everyone's just having the same conversations as me. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, look here. Um, we we haven't been too impacted in terms of you know, social gatherings and getting out and about, I think we've still got a 20 person limit in our houses. Um, But what we have noticed in Adelaide is the housing prices have really shot up, which is happening all over the country, but Ah. that's, um, you know, presented challenges for people who are ready to try and get into the housing market and it's just skyrocketed. And obviously it's affected the economy in different ways, but day-to-day living, apart from, yeah, as I said, not being able to, to race much, which has affected me from a career perspective because, mm. you know, usually I would try to pick a couple of overseas marathons each year um, to, you know, that's that's my job. And um, course, not yeah. having had that opportunity for a while um, has has been tricky. But, yeah, Dylan and I just sort of keep reassessing and um, hopefully those opportunities will come up again soon.
0: Yeah, yeah, surely it's not too far away. You're saying um, you're saying that you're on the elliptical at this afternoon. Where is that? Is that just part of the the post marathon recovery, or is that is that a regular yeah. part of the uh, the training routine?
1: Well, I was doing three to four elliptical sessions a week in the lead up to Perth, um, just to I guess protect my sessions because I was coming mm-hmm. off um, a bit of a sacral um, bone stress injury. Um, I knew I was. At sort of a high risk of re-injury. So I was doing my key sessions, key long runs, and then topping up with um, elliptical sessions. And because it seemed to work quite well, um, I had a meeting with Adam on Friday about, you know, my next, um, the next races that I'll be targeting and, and my program. And I sort of said, well, I'd be keen to keep a couple of elliptical sessions in there because I think it just kept my legs a bit fresher for the main sessions reduce my risk of injury and also had some added benefits to, you know, strengthening different areas. Um, Yeah, you just don't get that same impact through your calves and feet, which are, you know, the areas that I've had some injuries in in the past. So,
0: yeah. yeah. So did you say that was on? uh, Sorry, sorry to cut you off.
1: That's right. I was just saying we've got an elliptical set up at home here, which oh. which I really like too. There are ellipticals and there are ellipticals, and some you feel so uncoordinated on, but this one <laughs> seems to seem
0: like dry. <laughs> Yeah, good. So have you got that set up in front of the TV or something?
1: No, it's just out in the carport, actually. That's, uh, <laughs> uh,
0: that's awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Man, that's funny. So, yeah, I, I wonder...
1: Popping some salmon in the oven while we're chatting here. Oh so. no! Hey, go for it.
0: And if you've got a go as well, I know it's a, I know it's sort of an awkward time of the night for you. It's right around dinner time, so you just you just tell me if you if you've got stuff to do or you need to get going because I bloody, I talk to you all night otherwise. <laughs> no <None of laughs> worries. We
1: can uh, keep chatting a bit more as long as you uh, don't mind a little bit of
0: background noise. Wait, here. no, you're the uh, you're a lot better at multitasking than me. If I was trying to do anything with salmon uh, at the same time as talking to someone, it just gets. <laughs> it just gets too, it just gets too flustery. So um, no, it's, I'm, I'm fine for uh, for you to do it as long as uh, you're a better multitasker than me. Yeah, that's interesting. So with these, um, uh, obviously, I know Adam really well. But with these with these catch ups that you guys do, obviously, it's a, a little bit of a, a post race. Um, what do you call it? Like a post race review, a, a little yes. bit of a plan for the future and stuff like what kind of what are the what are the key hitting points that you guys like to tick off in a in a coaching session like that? What are you trying to what are you trying to achieve with those meetings? Because I know I know Adam well, and I know he's a structured mm-hmm. guy and um, how much value he takes out of those those meetings. And I've been in a few sort of um, less formal. I know it wouldn't be that formal between you guys, I imagine. But when I was 19 living over there, he he sort of sat me down a few times and goes, mate, this is what we need to straighten out. This is what you need to work on. It was like, I always left, especially as a young guy, just going, oh, hang on a second. How do you know that's an area I could focus on? Um, but there yeah. were always sessions that oh, I, I feel like I took
1: a bit from yeah it was part of like a formal kind of process that um that athletes go through who um, are supported by athletics australia where you're looking at ways to kind of bridge the gap and improve your performance so we sort of initially did a bit of a race review which i'd reflected on the race a fair bit um you know in the week following and um and looked at what I did in the lead up and, and what I think I could improve on and what just will keep on going. So we went over all of those things and, you know, talked about maybe incorporating some sort of altitude training, um, which, you know, with the situation right now, an altitude tent um, might be the best option. And and some of the things that I, I didn't get the opportunity to do, well, I haven't had the opportunity to do over the last two years. So, and about you know, strength and conditioning and, Ways to make sure we avoid injuries and talked about my nutrition and hydration in the race and whether there's anything we could improve on there. So, um, yeah, it was really nice just to um, sort of put it all in writing and then talk about um, what races I'd like to target, you know, in the later stages of this year and, and early in, in the new year. And, and then um, Adam can go away and put together a program accordingly.
0: Yeah, you still feel like there's little areas in the marathon that you are that you want to hit like when you're looking at the nutrition and hydration and stuff like that. Do you feel like is that something you've perfected yet? Cuz I can imagine it's one of those areas that you just you could constantly tinker with it and regardless of how well it goes yeah. you could go I reckon I could do this element of that a little bit better.
1: Yeah, it's quite specific to the race to to each race that you do as well, like run in some um, marathons in really warm and humid climates. And that's where the hydration is such an important consideration. Um, in Perth, you know, hydration was still important, but um, I just, yeah, I I felt quite comfortable taking on the, the level of water that I had to aim for. Um, I feel like I actually really got the gels and, and hydration. Um, you know right in in Perth and I think that helped me I was able to take on a a fair few gels and um, yeah I don't know whether that's something to do with with motherhood or maybe it was that I was using Morton for the first time But I have found that since becoming a mum I've been able to eat um, you know really close to my sessions I was constantly hungry through pregnancy and then when I was nursing Billy and so I'd have to eat a deep decent meal before my training session. And I've just continued that now before any run. I'll have, you know, a couple of pieces of toast or porridge just before I run. And it just seems to sit well in my stomach. So I I think that helped me on race day just to take in. I think I had five gels all up, one on the start line and four in the race, which was the most I've ever been able to have in a marathon. Plus the, the Morton sort of drink blend that they have. So, um, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to replicate that strategy in my next marathon because I think it it, it helped me in the back half of the race.
0: Man, just iron guts. oh I'm, uh, I'm not going to talk to you too much longer because I don't want to interrupt your salmon. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I'd hate to force you to eat through a uh, or try and talk your way through a podcast when you get yourself through a nice of little bit. But piece I, of salmon. <laughs> but I, um, I, I just I had to I had to touch base with you because because uh, I was obviously so excited. I thought oh, I'm not going to be. I'm not just going to message you the day after your race and go, oh yes, what the heck? I, I thought I'd better better play it cool for a week and and try and organise it. But um, but it was cool, I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit about it and, and find out how it's all going, which is looks like yeah, bloody no, good. Thanks. It's
1: been good to catch up again.
0: Oh, again, seriously, I know. What well, as soon as uh, as soon as these borders do open, you back up this way. Make sure you let us know because um, we're uh, we're out of the city a little bit now. So if you want a little day trip, you and the you and the family to come down and. Uh, Little Charlie, he thinks he's a, well, I'm trying to convert him into a surfer kid at the moment to compensate for <laughs> my lack of ability on the surfboard, but uh, but maybe Billy can come over and, and show him a few moves as well, because I can't even remember the last time I saw you, probably when we were in South Australia, a couple of years ago now.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. I'm actually hoping to get over, potentially for the Melbourne Half Marathon, oh, so that's um, only about a month away now, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that'll
0: be yeah. my first trip to Victoria in in a long time. Oh, sweet. Well, even uh, even even if it's just a quick little trip, I'll, I'll try and make my way down, and I'll be the guy on the sideline with the streamers. <laughs> <That really laughs> sounds good. All right, Jess. Oh, right, I'll leave you to it. Good to catch up.
1: You too. See you later. Bye. Right, right, see ya. Bye. bye.